0: Hi, I'm Mitchell Bishop. And I'm Michael Anthony. Welcome to Art Holes. This is an art and art history podcast with two people who have absolutely zero authority to speak on these topics. Art Holes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Art Holes Podcast. Picasso, origin story, episode three. Mitch, how do you feel? Can't wait.
1: Can't wait. I'll tell you why. Because the where we last left off,
0: well when we last left off, we were at the Casa Hamas dinner at Lippodrome and Germaine saw that Casa Hemis had a gun underneath his crushed velvet suit coat after she saw the top letter addressed to the local police chief.
1: And Casa Hemis was acting weird. When he got off the boat initially, and then he became even weirder, and then he went away and got weirder, and then they pushed him even further away, and he got even weirder, and now he's back saying, I'm all good, which is totally...
0: He's all good now. He's so, yeah, <laughs> no, he's no, the guy no. that's like, I'm all good now. I'm
1: all good now, but you know it's like, it, it couldn't get any weirder to these people. He's fine. They've never it's, heard of anything like this.
0: Well, especially when you see someone like Costa Hamas who all of a sudden have a very, very happy demeanor after all of the just insane right, right. shit he's been doing. It's like, yeah. whoa, okay. So all of a sudden, she sees the gun. As soon as she sees the gun, she immediately dives onto the floor and crawled under the table, and stood up behind Pyaris, who was sitting across from the table uh, from her and Casa Hamas. Casa Hamas pulls out the gun, and now Piaris is just staring down the barrel of a gun aimed at Jermaine. Be- wait, wait, wait.
1: Yeah, because he's behi- yeah, in front of her.
0: human shield territory. Piaris quickly ducks, deflects the barrel with his hand as Casa Hamas was yelling at Germaine, Voila, pour toi! And the gun goes off.
1: What is voila,
0: I think it means uh, this for you or like I have this for you and this is for yeah this is for you the explosion from the gun knocked Germaine down but because Pyreus smacked the gun slightly uh, Kasahemis missed but he didn't know it Kasahemis then put the gun to his right temple thinking he had just killed the woman he loved and he yelled out "E voila pour moi blew his own head off and then there was absolute bedlam in the Hippodrome. People were running around, screaming and yelling. Jermaine got up, and she was super shaken. Did she, Would do? was she hit? No, she was not. Uh, she begged Pyaris for forgiveness because she, you know, basically used him as a human Course, shield. Yeah, it's like,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't, it's, you're like, ah, I'm. I don't know how I'll ever repay you for ducking behind you when someone pulled a gun out on me. But I feel like, like he
0: had to sort of understand. Like
1: He was already going to shoot me. He was definitely going to shoot you to get to shoot to me. Yeah, maybe he
0: just would have. Uh, Good
1: for get, Pyaris to put his hand
0: up. Yeah, I guess he was, yeah, he was cool with the whole thing. Uh, it's weird. It's a different time. But at I that would point. not be cool with. Yeah, people. no, no, not at all. I would be very, very unhappy. Uh, at that point, Casa Hamas had fallen into Manolo's arms, who said, quote, his face, like a crushed strawberry, was all blood. And at that moment, Manolo fainted.
1: Oh, Manolo! Did anybody catch Manolo? His me- no,
0: but his mellow was overharshed. Uh, Manolo cannot handle that kind of stress. Uh, every time I uh, every time I read about Manolo he, he's um like 1994 stone surfer guy.
1: Uh, it's exactly what that's, I that's yeah. exactly what I thought too. I was thinking yeah, he's man. like got flip-flops, he's yeah. like Spicoli or yeah, he's like he's, he's almost, very much a
0: Spicoli character. In
1: my head it's 80s but yeah like Manolo's just but actually not as stupid. Manolo seems to be like a little bit more with it.
0: We'll we'll see. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> when the police, when the the police finally arrived, they found that Germaine and Odette had taken Pyaris to a doctor to treat an eye that had been temporarily blinded by the muzzle flash. Yeah. So Pyaris got a muzzle flash in the eye and he was blinded. And the rest of the dinner crew just disappeared amongst the ruckus and the screams and the yells. So the cops are standing there and there's no one there to tell them what happened. So wait there's a dead
1: guy on the floor Yeah, way to,
0: way to secure the crime scene But there was one person left Who could give a statement to the police Manolo Manolo <laughs> Manolo! I can tell you guys what happened, man The show was crazy So Manolo told the police the entire story Including the part where he caused the gunshot That killed uh, Casahamas Because he had like, forcefully Headbutted Casahamas' shoulder After the attack on Jermaine
1: so he said I head butted this guy and that made him shoot the gun. Yeah,
0: uh, the police didn't believe that story. Uh, no historians do, and
1: because he, he just—he's he making must shit have up. Just seemed like a liar. He's making shit up. He well, just he didn't, must have seemed like that guy. You're like, this guy is not to be trusted. Yeah.
0: You know? it's, well, he tried to kill her, but then I actually caused him to kill himself. Right. Like that. Like, oh, I yeah. See, yeah I it was see. that kind of thing. Yeah. So oh. no, yeah, he was just fully shit for some weird reason
1: it's like that guy did you ever see Itania?
0: oh the jeff galuli
1: but then the the his buddy the, the, the friend, yeah. in the, that sounds like like manolo yeah. that's like i'll call that character a manolo <laughs>
0: yeah he, he is, he's a manolo type yeah when a few of the bateau lavoir crew went and told casa james's mother that her son carlos had died uh, for some reason manolo went to I don't really know why he just you met that have guy. There,
1: yeah. Know. So Manolo, you gotta come, dude.
0: Manolo, you be okay. the bearer of bad news to some <laughs> dead kid's mother.
1: I've sailed a ship there before. You no should, you haven't.
0: You should see what I headbutted his arms. Uh, Manolo said that Carlos's mother dropped dead at the news of her son's suicide. Oh. The only part of that sentence that's actually true is that someone told her something. Uh, the truth is that they told her that Carlos died of natural causes, and she was super upset and distraught, but she didn't actually kill herself. Oh. Yeah, no, it's just Manola making shit up again. (laughs) Yeah. When Picasso got word of Casahemes' suicide, though he was beyond devastated...
1: He wasn't there.
0: He was not there. But then this is a little different than Conchita's death or Hortensi Guell's suicide, because now Picasso felt directly responsible because he gave up on Casa Hamas and sent him to Barcelona. So Picasso thinks that that resulted in the suicide, which is a very narcissistic thing to think.
1: I, but I do think that he that sh- that shows
0: empathy you would have i I, I get that I, I don't he has know guilt if it's that. you know what I mean I think it, every
1: time he's he's felt something strongly, it seems like he's actually really felt it, and it's not been always like a super selfish he, uh, he does he's just feel had it. A, he's just had an entitled life he you know? yeah,
0: that's he does feel it, but there is a there's a sense of him tying it to himself and right and right, it right. brings on this. You know this this feeling of he gave, you know he was the one who disappointed Casa Hamas, which uh, to yeah. to a certain extent he might have. Yeah, yeah. I mean the
1: other ones, the other people were just so kind of cruel about it, but I guess they were. He was their burden, and he did try to kill them.
0: Yeah, he, he, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, there is that. It part. Tends to <laughs> the
1: break up friendships. The
0: attempted murder. Yeah uh soon after while trying to process all of these malignant thoughts about mm. you know Hortense Guel and Casa Hamas and you know, Picasso moved back to Paris from Madrid it was done with Madrid he he never really gets Madrid um and he comes back for an art show that uh, he was well, the to- prostitutes are too expensive yeah, yeah too expensive and they're not as friendly as the Andalusian prostitutes right, right, right. um mm but they're also the whole art scene is in paris and he's finally participating at a gallery called voyards in 1901. Mm-hmm. Uh, Picasso's about 20 years uh, 20 years old at this point. Voy- so
1: he hits paris and all of a sudden there's a, there's this gigantic art. Getting scene a
0: yeah, being being back. shown at voyards is a very very big deal. Yeah. At that point voyard was a very famous cultivator of artists and or was a professional also at taking huge cuts out of their art sales and profits based on I mean, the reputations that he built them? It's, it's capitalism. Yeah, baby. it's business. It is what it is. Uh, he reminded me of that guy who founded InSync. the one like the sweaty chomo with the glasses. I mean, I could only imagine. I think he's, I, I, I think know he's dead now, so you know? it's not like he's not using a Suez us or anything. Um, but the so it, to have a Voyard show is a very big deal. Uh, The show went relatively well, but he blew through the money pretty quickly. And and I think Voyard saw the kid had talent, but probably was not that impressed yet. A lasting result of the show, though, was a new friendship with a guy he met named Max Jacob. And Max Jacob only spoke French was fabulously gay, hmm. and a very good poet, was very quick-witted, huge pervert. Loved and he Yeah, ab- loved Picasso. They got along famously. Yeah, um, and since most of Picasso's ra- relationships are transactional, in return, Max Jacob taught Picasso French and about French culture. He also cultivated Picasso's misogyny because uh, Max Jacob also sort of had a problem with women. Mm. But Max Jacob is becoming part of the crew now. And finally introducing Picasso to the French culture that he's always dreamed of.
1: Yeah, that's a big difference, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a new like, world now. You think about how far he's come. Right. Now he's got experience under his belt. Now he can really sink his teeth into his art, and paint. And...
0: and now, part of Picasso's Tertullia, uh, Max Jacob becomes acquainted with the rest of the crew. Uh, Manolo stole Max Jacob's pants one time and tried to sell them uh, only to give them back. Uh, Max Jacob thought that Manolo was having like a change of heart, but it was only because no one would buy the raggedy ass <laughs> pants. So he finally had to bring them back. Like, hey, man, I stole these, but no one wants them. You can have them back.
1: Manolo is pretty cool.
0: Manolo's awesome. Uh, another time Manolo was house sitting at an art studio for a friend and he stole th- all the artwork and he sold it. <laughs> he just steals and sells everyone's shit. So now you know. I believe the story about him in the military getting a horse for the cavalry, and then he fucking sold it and left the country. Yeah, like, well, that's yeah, a Manolo that's, thing. That's every Manolo story we've heard. Classic Manolo. It's classic Manolo. If it's if it's nailed down, Manolo will probably not steal it. But it's there's <laughs> a 50-50 know. chance. Yeah. Now that he's back in Paris, Picasso didn't start having sex with Odette again. That's who he was sleeping with when he was in Paris before. Mm-hmm. Rather, he started having sex with Germain. Yeah. Uh, that pissed off Odette and also Manolo because as soon as Casahemes killed himself-
1: Manolo uh, Ma- tried to-
0: No, Manolo and Germaine started having sex.
1: Oh. She started <laughs> yeah, hooking see, up with Manolo. started hooking
0: up with Manolo, and then when Picasso got back, started hooking up with Picasso, which is, from what we know about Germaine, like, it's just a very Jermaine thing to do. She's not looking to get tied down. She's looking to But do also what we know
1: about Manolo is that Picasso is like a total, you know, upgrade. You're going to go for Picasso over Manolo. It, yeah, Especially,
0: sure. I mean, I wouldn't, but I, I obviously have sorry, a place Manolo. in my heart for Manolo. I know. Um, I mean,
1: you'd, you'd, but you'd hang out with him. You don't want to, like... You'd hang out with him at his place. Uh, yeah,
0: on, on like a, my terms <laughs> yes. with, a, with a with a He's a, hard a small exit. doses friend. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't bring it, yeah, don't, leave your valuables at home. Yeah. So Picasso knew that Manolo would eventually forget about it soon, which he did, and he didn't really give a shit about what Germain thought, but it was also around this time in 1901 that Picasso's painting started to get a little bit darker. He was riddled with guilt about kicking Casagemas out, which he thought contributed to the suicide. He felt guilty about Manolo and him sleeping with Germaine, and he was still dealing with the existential crisis of Hortense Guell's suicide and his sister's death from diphtheria. And it's around this time that Picasso's art got dark and dreary, uh, he kept painting a dead Casa Hamas with a bullet hole in his head no over way. and over and over again.
1: Uh, I'm looking that up right now. Do we have a picture of it? Um, yeah. It um, okay, what's this called?
0: We'll post this up to our social media as well. This is called The Death of Casa Hamas.
1: Oh, with the bullet hole. Look at that. Yeah,
0: so there's Ooh. a lot of, as you can see, there's a bunch of, and we're just look going to it. a Google image search of, I think I just put, Casahemes painting Picasso and most of them are just bullets to the side of his head. And they was just so cold. Yeah. During this time we begin to see a lot of blues dark hues and blacks in his art. So he's starting to get this very very dark color palette and that with his desire to constantly capture death despair and human misery mm-hmm. is the beginning of Picasso's first consequential art period the blue period. Mm-hmm. So this is, it, when Sabartes visited Picasso in Paris, he saw the new style and he called it frightening. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's um, it's. It's dark, it's very cold, yeah. um, and, and due to his need for models and an inspiration for the horribly dark period in his life and his art, mm-hmm. uh, Picasso decided to visit the Saint-Lazare women's prison which was a prison primarily filled with prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Louis Julien, a venereologist on staff, let him right in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We can only guess how Picasso knew a VD doctor so well. <laughs> uh, Picasso originally claimed that he was at St. Lazare only to, but for the free models, mm-hmm. but he was really there to see the sadness and the pain, which there was quite a bit of. Mm-hmm. So at that period of time, like it's, he's so racked with guilt All he can do is paint depressing, Mm -hmm. and because he is this passionate and delusion, he needs to do the most depressing. And in addition, it's
1: genius though
0: it is. It's it's capturing an emotion. You're you're capturing a feeling in, in people when they see it. In, in addition to being locked up, most of the women of the St. Lazare prison were suffering horribly with venereal diseases yeah. and had to wear little bonnets to cover their sores. Uh-huh. So they weren't just in prison, they were miserable yeah, in prison. The smell was awful. Uh, mm-hmm. The nuns who ran the St. Lazare demanded that the women keep it clean, but any attempt at personal hygiene was prevented and called, quote, an offense against modesty. Psh- so when he wasn't painting syphilitic prostitutes, <laughs> Picasso was hanging out at Le Zoute, which was Montmartre's the Montmartre's Tertulia, like that the Paris version of the crew. Mm-hmm. It was their version of Els Quatre Gats. Your Your Tertulia needs a spot. Right. But no one was buying the depressing syphilitic art, and Picasso got so broke that he had to move back to Barcelona oh, and geez. in with his parents. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to suck. Like, you think you're on the cusp of being this great artist. You have a show at Voyards, and now you're back living with Jose and Maria.
1: But it, isn't that always the way, isn't it? You know, and it's like you think, I'm, I'm making it. I'm making it. And
0: then you need that stumble.
1: And even Pablo Picasso had to go through it. Yeah. You know? I mean. You don't even stumble. He didn't stumble. He's being true to himself. He's being an artist. He's being a true artist. It's the people who don't get it yet.
0: Yeah, I think because it's depressing, and no one wants to put depressing shit on their walls.
1: Right, but it's it's emotional. It is
0: emotional. Uh, over the next few minutes, we're going to doing a lot of bouncing back and forth between Paris and Barcelona. So at any point, if it's uh, you're unclear on location, just let me know. Okay. Sometimes I get really excited to write about syphilis and Manolo that I forget to note the setting. So just just ask. Uh, Sabartes. So now
1: we're in Barcelona.
0: We're in Barcelona. Sabartes, the his, the little sycophantic guy who yeah. we sort of have heard a little bit from. He's bouncing he hates, around. Um, he, he's a Catalonian. He's the Catalonian. Okay. He hates the tight-pants, short-jacket-wearing dagos. <laughs> his words. <laughs> yeah, the bullfighting dagos. Yeah, quote, his yeah. Words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in everybody in the Tertullian, the whole family hates Sabartes. Right. Sabartes is in Paris. He's a, he's
1: a, he's a curmudgeon.
0: He, yeah, and he's like a little, he, yeah, he's like a little suck up. And yeah. as soon as uh, Picasso moved back to Barcelona, uh, Sabartes moved because he couldn't really live without Picasso. But as soon as Sabartes got to Barcelona, Picasso had enough money to move back to Paris, and so he just did.
1: Yeah, because that's where he wanted yeah, to be. Yeah, it's really where he that's wanted where to be, but to
0: didn't be. leave. it didn't go with Sabartes. So Sabartes yeah. is like, hey, I'm here. Picasso's like, awesome, I'm going to go back to Paris. How
1: embarrassing.
0: And it's like the end of 1902. So Sabartes, and Sabartes becomes a much bigger player in this story i would say like 20 years from now but we need to talk about him because he is very important Mm -hmm. but at this point he's really trying to live his best life according to picasso's life and it's just not a good look it's 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 it's, it's, he's a he's like a puppy oh man so So many people like that i know uh, in Paris, Picasso moved in with Max Jacob, his new friend from the Voyard show. Right. And they moved into a he's small... He's the bad influence. He's the bad influence, but speaks French and... Uh, they had him.
1: a nice... They have a nice uh, It's a, a for tat. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they for they're, tat.
0: They're enjoying each other's company. Quid pro quo. Uh, so they move into a small studio with one bed. Uh, Max Jacob was cool with the situation because he was madly in love with Picasso. Yeah, he wanted to fuck him. And Picasso was fine with it because he loved being adored and he was saving money. Mm-hmm. So soon, Picasso got tired of being poor, cold in the winter, and living with a uh, living with a severe drug addict.
1: Yeah, because it, Jake, because Mac,
0: it turns out, yeah, uh, when you move in with a guy you just met, he could have a closet drug problem, which Max Jacob did.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, that's that was true in nineteen oh two. That's like true now. Yeah, but you, you need
0: to screen that in both those years. Early, like you need to you need yeah. to hang out Scope with somebody. It out. Take take en- a walk around the enough times. See what they you know. See how they are at night during the day. Take them out on a Friday. See how that goes. Take them to Lazoot. Take them to Lazoot and see if he is. Constantly fucked up on either it henbane or ether, because <laughs> if yeah. it's one of those Can you two,
1: string a sentence along.
0: Yeah, so that's what, and that w- those were Max's drugs of choice. Uh, he was constantly abusing henbane and ether. What's henbane? Glad you asked, because there was no way I was not going to do research of on not. this. Yeah, uh, uh, might have the same question? Henbane or Hyosciamis Niger? Nailed it. Uh, is a poisonous nightshade plant that causes visual hallucinations and sensations of light, peripheral inhibitions, and centralized stimulation of the nervous system. It sounds sort of like an eight ball mixed with acid, which is very dangerous. <laughs> and I mean, that's it's what a plant? that's well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that it's a it's a natural occurring plant. Um, it also causes tachycardia, convulsions, vomiting, hypertension, hyperrexia... I guess uh, ataxia confusion locomotor and memory disturbances and farsightedness and death yeah that last one is weird though Like because you could also not see things close up <laughs> don't think about reading overdoses result in coma respiratory paralysis and death death you know who doesn't kill though
1: <laughs> max jacob pigs it doesn't kill pigs.
0: Henbane is the favorite drug of pigs. For a toxic plant, it's not toxic to pigs. So anytime they see it, they, they recognize it. They chow it down them. and just trip balls. Yeah, they, they love trip it. Their balls off. Yeah.
1: Oh, wait. Um, uh, how do you take it? You just—is it like ground up? You ground up. Maybe do
0: the oils out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you smoke it or, or shoot know. it.
1: I thought maybe it was like a shooting thing. They always like shot stuff back then. I always think of
0: yeah, out of a tincture. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's get it my out of dumb. The yeah. Ether, on the other hand. Is, sm- is smelled, right? It's an inhalant. Yeah, it's an inhalant. His other medicament de choix uh, causes an effect similar to being drunk, but with auditory and visual hallucinations. <sighs> it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, Max Jacob, big fan.
1: Yeah. In- I'm not a big drug person, per se, so I don't. Uh, I've saw I can't imagine. I, I've seen, like, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, or... Uh, and then he's on ether, and that's, like, the whole thing, and I get it, like, I get the idea, but I also am like, how how could somebody
0: function you, in a social setting like that? Why would you enjoy that? Like, just the... Yeah, v- it sounds exhausting. The sim- in effect, similar to being drunk, but with auditory and visual hallucinations. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Right. Uh, fed up with Max Jacob and either of those two states of being. Uh in early 1903 Picasso took a trip to Barcelona to clear his head. So he's going back home. He's going to see Jose Maria again. Uh Picasso continued to paint but by Im- choice. This but this is by choice. Yeah. He misses home. He continued to paint images with themes of coldness, sadness, incarceration and disease, but he added a new element, blindness. <laughs> and this development was likely because when Picasso was back home, he learned that Jose was losing his vision yeah. and his job at La school was at risk. Yes, of course. So if you see a blue period painting by Picasso and there's some sort of blindness in it, this it's, is l- it's likely that it came after 1903 and was influenced by Jose's vision issues. Shit. And I would just like to say personally, deep. yeah, I would just like to say that I miss you, Jose, and I'm sorry to hear that you're not doing well. I really enjoyed our time together.
1: You're going. We're going to say goodbye to you soon. I'm well, sure. Well, just
0: think about. I mean, I the Jose times were great. Remember, it didn't seem. It seemed very carefree, and we it had was. a child, he, Picasso, and it seemed like we had the whole our whole lives ahead of us.
1: He had a good life. He he had an easy life. I'll say that. And he uh, he he gave birth and thought to nurture one of the greatest artists of our time in his way uh, of of the world. Yeah. So, he 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 recognized the talent and wasn't like abusive about it. Or, I mean, in in a maybe in a contemporary standard, but at the time, at you the know, time, yeah, probably he, he was loving not. and you know,
0: and he, it was he, Jose. He, he was, was so great. proud of his
1: son. He stopped painting. Yeah, he that's never true. Painted yeah, again that's true. yeah, because his son was so perfect
0: at it. You know, that's a lot of pressure to put on your kid, though.
1: And then that kid went on to be the greatest.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: so, but uh, yeah, Jose. Oh, man, I. Man. I hope that was a proper... Well, he's still with us. He's still... Right, we're right, not going right. to kill him off yet. Right. <laughs> uh, he's yeah.
0: For a while, the original Tertulia was back in Barcelona. Sabartes was there. Picasso was also spending time with the Junier Vidal brothers, mm-hmm. especially Sebastian. I think we talked about them briefly last episode. Uh, the Vidal brothers are like wealthy local douchebag types, you know, peripherally involved in the art world. Bu- buyers. Yeah, you know, they're like the rich hangers on yeah. the types, uh, the, that side of Picasso's Tertulia. Okay. Uh, Picasso liked them because when he needed money, he could just sell them yeah, a yeah, painting. Right. And they'd also advertise his art, so they'd sort of act like agents. Mm-hmm. And they loved Picasso because they got to be around greatness. Again, that trade-off.
1: Everybody just knew it when they met him Everybody there were certain
0: there are certain artists that people knew there's a couple we're going to talk about another artist probably next episode who would be the first contemporary and the like the drago to his rocky and mm. it, it's one of those things people knew sort of early on um sebastian Junir vidal was also described as uncharacteristically ugly <laughs> uh And at that time, Picasso was getting irritated with what he described as Tertullia's, quote, imbecility. So he would paint them with exaggerated features to make them look stupid. But they didn't care because he was paying attention to them. Like, he would make Sabartes have really lowered eyelids, which I never realized before really makes you look like an idiot. (laughs)
1: Let's see these.
0: But with uh, Okay. Let's see one. So we'll put this Sabartes low eyelid situation picture up as well. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a picture. Portrait of Jaime Sabartes 1904. (laughs) I mean, he has a giant Peyton Manning waterhead situation going on, (laughs) and you see the the lower (laughs) eyelids. He really looks like his internal monologue is. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, it's a bummer,
1: but that's fun though. I mean, you know, it's he funny. has a good sense he's, of humor. He's about messing it. with people. Yeah, I think people. it's a
0: little mean spirited, but it's mean spirited to this guy because he cannot take a joke, and he also doesn't care. He's like just he, he's paying attention to me. Oh, really?
1: So, yeah, so they, like, he's, oh, cruel. he's like he Oh, he's like. Oh no, he's cruel legit
0: cruel. He's and we're gonna find out exactly how yeah. cruel he can be <laughs> and how much everyone tolerates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with Sebastian Junir Vidal. Who was so uncharacteristically ugly, he was so messed up looking that Picasso could just paint him as is and no one could bitch about it. Wow. So Picasso loved to paint him. Let's see it. Well, I don't want to give away too much because it's a little bit of a teaser. But at the end of our origin story, when we take our field trip, we're going to be viewing a uh, painting of Sebastian Junir Vidal.
1: Oh, man. All
0: right. So Sebastian Junir Vidal was. I can't wait.
1: wait. He's just like painted like all jacked out. And we're gonna be like that. That's actually that's they all
0: agreed. That's, that's how what he, he looked, looked like. Yeah. So he was the male equivalent of a likely wrongfully imprisoned syphilitic prostitute at the Saint Lazare prison. Mm. Like that was that he would paint him the same way he painted yeah, them right. because it was so unfortunate. Hmm. In and this r- guy loved it. Oh, he was they, fine everyone loved it. Well, not only did he love it in 1904, Picasso and Sebastian moved back to Paris to be roommates. Mm-hmm. So we're mm. done. We're done bouncing around now. We're gonna stick in Paris for a while. He's unpack, got a good thing going. Unpack your bags. It's yes. very nineteen oh four Parisian.
1: I was getting very uh, tossed around, and I was getting a little impatient because it was like we go, we're like you said, Barcelona, back and, and, Paris, forth, Paris, Barcelona back and, and forth, back and forth. So now it makes sense though. he he wanted to see Jose and you know, and,
0: and he wanted to like,
1: uh, and he ran out of money.
0: Now we're in for good. Picasso and Sebastian moved into the Montmartre district of Paris. And the Montmartre district of Paris is, at that point, rapidly becoming well-known for fostering some of the Western world's great up-and-coming artists at the time. Like That is the place to be if you want to be an artist. Mm -hmm. It was also known as being completely fucking disgusting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Picasso and Sebastian rented Isn't that a, always the way Yeah they rented a room In the Bateau Lavoir building mm-hmm. Which was basically A dilapidated flop house mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian slept in the floor or Sebastian slept in the bed rather Because he was paying the rent And Picasso slept in the floor Along with a gypsy named Fabian Who had apparently Was just left there By the previous tenant
1: uh, I, lo- I, the, I, I mean I love. The fact that this was like How it went You know what I mean That they could just Leave a person uh, Being a gypsy Left behind in an apartment To being a rich guy Who uh, uh, Just runs around Buying
0: paintings Oh it's a very It's a very thin line It was a thin line It's a very thin line Here's the bed
1: And in the corner there's uh, What's his name? Fabian Fabian A
0: a, a gypsy named Fabian Don't
1: mind Fabian He's just He's just Sleeping.
0: And, and we have no other notes on Fabian the apartment gypsy. That is legitimately the last time we'll hear about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's great that even people remembered him, honestly. Well,
0: uh, we have to appreciate him as uh, a shooting star of a man who flashes across the night sky. And yes. Flames out of history. You know, Fabian.
1: Yeah, that's kind of funny. That's, and then they'd be like, you. remember when you lived with that guy, Fabi? Yeah, yeah, the guy the on the gypsy. floor. The weird gypsy on and the floor. Just, how did he get there? I think they just left him behind, and it's like in the book, in the podcast. Yeah,
0: because like three or four people were like, oh, oh, Jesus, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, I remember that guy. The way the Bateau Lavoir building was constructed, uh, the architecture created – it was a pretty tall building, and it created a, a lot of gaps and crevices for no reason, which created a seedy look because there was all these weird dark corners – and it was also in a really shitty neighborhood, and the rent was really cheap.
1: And it was run, run down, pretty much? Uh,
0: Max Jacob, a bunch of other artists, writers, anarchists, they all lived in the building. This is the Lazoo. This is the crew. Everyone was there. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of creative types. Yeah, when you got your crew, who cares where you live, right? Well, there was only one toilet in the building, in the basement, and that was next to the only sink that provided water to about 30 studios. So you're talking about at least thirty shits in one day in your home toilet.
1: Yeah, and plus, you know, Fabian is not using the toilet probably to go to the bathroom. Oh no, it's Fabian's- just, you're, it's a it's, it's a game like of a which floor. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it's a lot of traffic. That's like trucker rest stop territory. Yeah, true. There was no gas or electricity, and it was incredibly dangerous to live in the Bateau Lavoir building. One time, a German artist got on the roof to clear snow from a skylight, and he fell down a ventilation shaft and died.
1: So Down here. Anyone?
0: Hello? Please? (laughs) Please,
1: I think my leg is broken. I've been down here for three days.
0: It's very cold down here. Uh, RIP
1: ventilation guy.
0: Oh, God, he was the best. Another time, a little girl froze to death outside while trying to sell flowers in the Bateau Levoir square. Oh, scare, my God. Uh, God. Yeah, square. So the Bateau Levoir is like a building modeled after a Depression-era hobo car. In, 19- f- in 1904, Picasso's paintings began to show a little bit more color, a little more warmth, and a little more— uh, some positive feelings were, were coming into his works again. And it was also around this time that he met a new mistress named Madeline. Mm. So I think the theory there is he's having constant sex, and it's pretty hard to stay completely pissed off all the time when that's happening.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Also, like, you're painting to probably um, exercise the demons, uh, and, and it works. And you have an way extent.
0: fewer demons after you're coming a bunch of times. So in the summer of 1904, Madeline found out that she was pregnant. Oh, Yay. shit. <laughs> um, so Picasso found a place for her to have an abortion. Oh, and yeah. at that time in France, abortion was illegal. Yeah. It was in, like this weird, absurd holdover from the Napoleonic Code of 1810. And when you make abortions illegal, they don't stop. Women just get desperate and turn to very unsafe methods. Right. Picasso didn't really give a shit. He was trying to have sex with other women. He's too young. He's a starving artist. He's not ready to be a father. Mm-hmm. It was around this time that we also see Picasso is sending messages to women through his art, Mm. especially women he's intimate with. Right after Madeline had her abortion, Picasso uh, began to paint scenes of mothers and babies called maternités. But they weren't really remorseful. They were like shitty, jokey digs at Madeline for her abortion. Yeah, because he's a a fucking asshole. Because he's a horrible person. Well,
1: let's see. Now I have to see a picture. Okay,
0: so we are looking at a painting called Maternity from 1905. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a painting of A woman Germaine. breastfeeding. That's a picture of Madeline breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Right after she had an abortion.
1: Yeah, that is... That's is, uh,
0: That's a bit of a... That's a, that's it's a, a, a very dick, dick move is, the th- <laughs> is what comes to mind, but I don't... Yeah. Know.
1: What is uh, the psychology behind that?
0: what's even the uh, i th- i think for him this is it's therapeutic, a picture it, no i think it's a way it's a beautiful i think it's it's just beautiful a, picture it's a but that's the it's thing is he's, it's a beautiful image that she can never have like she yeah. can't have that experience and i think it's just i think he just is a he digs at people and he shits on people because it makes him feel better about himself mm-hmm. it makes him feel like if you are sad because that image uh, makes you feel like shit Mm-hmm. It's because you wanted to have a baby with me, and that means I'm awesome.
1: Was it? Was there a, um, like, with the, uh, what's his name? Casa Cass- Cass- Hamas Cass- thing. Did he, but then what was the point of doing the sad, st- like, this is almost, like, cruel in a way, but that had a sadness that was, like, deep and... Uh, like he was working out something well when you
0: know? you're sad and remorseful you tend to paint those images but when you're happy you revert back to your true personality like he's reverting back to him true so his he true was self in a now. good place when he was painting these things oh the the madeleine abortion yeah we're he's in a good, good where he's good he's places. getting he's getting out of his blue period at this point we're yeah, in 1904 yeah. he's starting to move out of it and this is what began to get him out Mm -hmm. and his interest in Madeline both sexually and as a tormentor even that began to wane yeah because there was someone else who caught his eye Mm -hmm. someone who became the great first love of Picasso's life Mm -hmm. in addition to his major art phases a lot of people characterize or measure Picasso's life in terms of great loves Mm -hmm. and I use that in like great loves in air quotes because there, there are women who are around yeah. him muses. for a muses, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the first great love of Picasso's life was a woman named Fernand Olivier, mm-hmm. who was at that point living in the Bateau lavoir building with a sculptor. Mm-hmm. Mitch, would you like to know about Fernand's life before the Bateau Lavoir? Because, <laughs> because we've got some fun info. Let's hear it. All right. Fernand was born in France in 1881 to Clara Lang and, quote, a gentleman in a top hat. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: that's all we yeah. got on him, or that's all Clara got. Yeah, right. Um, but it must have been one hell of a top hat. When Fernand was 18, she was seduced by a shopkeeper's assistant named Paul-Emile Percheron, who she was forced to marry in 1889. So being seduced back then is this crazy concept. Right. It's when a woman has sex before marriage, what you're, what you're really saying is that it's the woman's fault because she allowed herself to have sex before marriage, and now she's damaged goods.
1: Well, and now it's, yeah, 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 right, right, right. That, it, was the, that was the prevalent thing. That
0: was the, yeah. So Percheron tried to beat and rape Fernand into submission. Uh, which she refused to do because she's not going to let this little shit win. Like She's still keeping her spirit. And finally, after more rape that eventually led to a miscarriage the next winter, Fernand fled to Paris where she met the aforementioned sculptor and became a model for local artists. Hmm. Now, I set you up a little bit by trying to be all happy about her background. You've got a look on your face right now. Like, (laughs) really? Um, It's important to know that background because she's fresh off of that and one day in 1904, when she was walking down the street, mm-hmm. Picasso saw her and blocked her path so she couldn't get by. Then he pulled out a kitten to tempt her. Wow. Which this fucking guy's
1: carrying around a kitten. He's got
0: kitten game, which made Fernand laugh. And then he brought her back to his studio. And I think that's how things worked back then. She's a survivor of rape and abuse and this weird Spanish guy with a kitten. He probably seems super safe at this point.
1: Well, he, 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 uh, unless, does he do something like really, really horrendous or because no, not, he's, like, he's not like the, you know, at this point he's somebody who's going to treat he her well. He seems great. Yeah. I mean, he, he seems. What like I this thought was very interesting dude. is that he is, he is almost a master at recognizing people who are, who have like pain in their
0: life. I, I, I you nailed it like 100%. That's, you know
1: like that's all he's looked at,
0: you know? He, he's he's constantly surrounding himself by people who are in pain yeah. or people who have such a low sense of self that they look to fulfill themselves through him. It's not like he, all of these people in Barcelona and Paris, all of these people are these types of, you know, people that cling to him. He's we're just not hearing about the ones that people are like, "Oh, fuck you, you little weirdo." like right. we're only hearing about the ones that stuck or like stood or, you know they they stood by this guy
1: right uh you know it's his tertullia like you you have to if you're if i mean look they didn't know it's not like you could just like jump friend groups you know you were either in or you were out everybody had this kind of like weird drama it's funny to hear the internal lives of stu- of of people like this because you see a painting you really don't know the context but The whole idea of art is that you don't get context, like you apply context, which is why it affects you or it doesn't affect you. Context is everything, but but it's personal. Um, But then when you hear how, like what had happened, you know the cruelty that goes into it, you know
0: it. it, No, it changes everything. And that's like for me, seeing art ten years ago, I could give a shit less. Like I, I might have said this before, but I had. Anytime I saw art, I had two perspectives. I guess that's pretty cool, or I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. It's because I just didn't know anything about it. No context, no perspective. I knew nothing about it. Fernand and Picasso, they live in the same building, and it's easy for Fernand to spend time in Picasso's studio. She's still technically living with the sculptor, but she was at Picasso's constantly. She thought his studio was absolutely filthy, but Picasso wouldn't let her clean it. He also wouldn't let Fernand leave the studio alone because he was afraid she'd meet somebody else. So if oh. she left, he had to go with her. Yeah, well. And when Picasso would leave the studio, he would lock her in it behind him. Oh God, that's pretty bad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he would also. <laughs> I, he all, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I was like, oh man, he doesn't do anything bad, right? Except kidnap. Well, her. he's
0: no, he's already got her in prison. But again, her emotional orientation's all out of whack. This probably yeah. feels like somebody who cares. Who's he loves her to so her, much, her, right? so much. Yeah, he wants to protect her and keep her safe. And he also would only let her have one pair of old shoes.
1: And going along with um, him being the kind of person who can uh, recognize pain in people, it also is because he it, the the other side of it is because he exploits
0: he exploits it in people. And he knows he can get away with it because yeah. he can recognize that pain.
1: And you know what? I feel similar a little bit to Andy Warhol, who we'll talk about
0: later. We're gonna we're gonna do a series on him a for sure. he has a tertulia.
1: Of people like a very famous one and it's interesting I want you know I mean I know, I know a little bit more about that than I do this but it's it's interesting to hear that there's like a little bit of uh, um, like a
0: groupy kind of situation well, a these- self
1: uh, but also self aggrandizing like if I set people around me who are yes people But they're also, like, maniacs. Well, that
0: level of narcissism. Yeah. But he's also, if you think about it, like, Picasso is controlling Fernand just like Tio Salvador did to him. He's giving her just enough to survive, but she's beholden to him for everything. So he's the one that's always in control, plus he gets to have sex with her. So this is, like, a perfect situation for him. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting, but yeah. One of the things they liked to do together in the studio was smoke a shitload of opium. Yes. About four days a week. (laughs) So now this is one of those things that a lot of Picasso historians and Picasso fans don't like to talk about. Uh, But basically at this time, the studio turned into this weird opium art sex den. And it was also around the time that Picasso was creeping toward his second consequential period of art, the Rose Period. Mm-hmm. That transition was bound to happen for Picasso because what's better for him to get out of a funk than chasing the dragon with a sex slave? And Opium
1: is a hell of a drug.
0: And Fernand thought all of this was great because what's being captive when you're normalized to a much greater form of abuse? Like she was beaten and raped forever. About their opium days, Fernand said, everything suddenly became beautiful, clear, good. Opium has perhaps enabled me to understand the real meaning of the word love. I discovered that I knew Picasso at last, that I experienced him better. It seemed that he was the one I was always waiting for. That, no. Picasso is in now what would later be called his blue slash rose period.
1: Blue slash rose period.
0: Blue slash rose period. we called
1: just call it the blue, peri- blue rose period.
0: It's really a transitional period for him. And these paintings are bizarre. And we'll put up pictures on social media. A lot of the people in the painting, they almost look alien. Like they're very long, and they have skin, they're skinny, and they're featureless. And for a painter who is always able to capture the emotional spectrum, lust, anguish, his paintings are now taking on like this ethereal, creepy, emotionless vibe. Yeah.
1: That's great, though. That's kind of crazy.
0: It's crazy, and it's super weird-looking, but it's, it's off-putting. It mm. turns out that one of the effects of opioids in the body is a rush of stimulus to the brain, the reward and pleasure centers, and your hormone levels get all elevated. But what follows is a huge crash in a sense of apathy.
1: So he he, he was losing emotion. He Yeah,
0: so during the Blue Rose period, him and Fernand were having this crazy opium sex. Then he'd get up and he'd try to paint, but he's chemically and emotionally tapped. Yeah. He just doesn't realize it.
1: It's, it's a beautiful thing. Interesting thing to to track someone's career like this in the sense oh, I thought that you're gonna go with the opium thing I was like well no no, no that he that he uh, I'm gonna get serious now and say that like he's so in tune with It's still it's so instinctual So you can look at him and say he's very unhappy. He's doing opium all the time. He's he's his serotonin and endorphins are like spent and so his but then art has spiked, and then they're spent. Yeah, and then and and so his art takes on this like still like heightened genius level, but it but it, it lacks emotion, which gives it a different color. Yeah, you know when he wasn't when he like slips in and out of this like uh, blue to the rose to this, and he, like, um,
0: stumbled his way into like, a really cool art.
1: No, I mean he, he obviously was like such a genius. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it was conscious. That's the no, beauty part No, of it. not I mean, at all. No, it it's was like definitely pu- not conscious. It's very pure art, you know? It's very instinctual. It's very um um animal the the animal in him was he has to create. He has to he has to create.
0: And he doesn't he doesn't at this time recognize that his art, his creations are lacking the emotion because he's the passionate Andalusian, you know, Antonio Banderas type. Right. Like that's what he does. And this we, like he he would never be OK with this. And the opium fiesta in the Bateau Lavoir waged on hell in, on drug until one German art student and another member of Picasso's Paris crew named Vigels had a bit of an episode.
1: On the opium?
0: Yeah. In an opium den? Well, he was out on the street, and he had this like, next-level insane hallucination that he was a horse, mm-hmm. and he started threatening to kill himself. Mm. And everyone at the Bateau Lavoir was like, oh, okay, yeah, somebody's got to stay with this dude for a bit because he's clearly not in a good place. And the person selected for that job was none other than Manolo. Manolo! <laughs> Manolo. Everyone was like, okay, Manolo, you need to keep an eye on he You fi- got it. He's freaking out a bunch. Uh, he thinks he may be a horse. <laughs> the other German guy, the one who fell down the ventilation shaft and died, probably a buddy of his, that one had to sting too. Manolo. Manolo,
1: Manolo just is. It just. Just dripping with tragedy.
0: He is, but we're going to need a verbal yes from you, Manolo. You got this under control.
1: Oh, man. Uh,
0: Don't worry about it. All right, Manolo, we're counting on you, buddy. On it. so Manolo Where do mo- you go? Where you? <laughs> yeah, well Manolo moves in with Vigel's and as soon as he turns his back, Vigel's does either a shitload of either opium or ether and hangs himself in the window. Fucking a immediately in day, day <laughs> immediately, 1. Immediately Manolo drops the ball <laughs> and and now now all the Germans are dead. All the Germans are dead.
1: Everything okay, man? No, it's fine. Keep no. All right, I'm gonna go, go grab some butter from the don't, store. Don't no, no,
0: don't open the door. The door is the door is locked. Okay, man. You need anything? You want a hug or anything, man? No, no, I'm fine. Just thank you. You can leave now. All right. I don't. Um, I don't know whose accent was worse there. I think my German accent, which turned into I think that was Chinese. good German accent. I feel like yeah, a, <laughs> um, yeah, it got offensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, Manolo had one job. Manolo, you just
1: fucking...
0: You know what it is? We're not mad at you, buddy. We're just disappointed. And
1: At some point, we have to stop giving him a pass. I don't know. Say, I'm still not there yet. I'm still negligent. not there yet.
0: He's, all the Germans died, but Manolo is still in my heart. And, and Picasso is actually the one of the crew to find the body the next day.
1: Oh, uh, and then that's going to fuck him up. Well,
0: no. Actually, the Vigo Suicide snapped Picasso and Fernand out of their drug haze. And it especially oh, scared yeah, Picasso because recently he had a hallucination that he invented photography and that he might as well kill himself because he had nothing left to learn. And he also, when he stopped doing drugs, he realized that his weird blue rose period he was stuck in with those alien-looking paintings, that was from the opium. And yeah. immediately he was done with drugs for good. Mm. So the next episode, we're going to pick up... Uh, Wait, you... let, me,
1: let me see uh, ro- a couple blue aliens real what? quick.
0: So we are, we're looking at a painting right now called The Acrobat and the Young Harlequin... And I don't have a date on this.
1: Is this from his opium stuff? This is during the
0: opium. Yep. It's creepy as shit.
1: That one's even in the sky right there. Yeah. Um, it's uh, crazy, man. And it's a good thing uh, that he snapped out of it. Um,
0: well, the next episode, we're going to pick up with him as he's past his college years, those after-college drug months where shit gets weird for a little bit. We're going to see what kind of man Picasso is turning into. And then we're going to take our field trip and we're going to see Sebastian Junir Vidal, the male version of a syphilitic (laughs) prostitute. (laughs) And we're going to see if we can stand in front of a Picasso painting and have an informed discussion about art.
1: Man, but only only in the first part of his life. There you have it. We'll see you in episode four. All right. All right, everybody. Art holes. (laughs) Bye, Mike. Bye, Mitch. If you like the show, please leave us five stars on iTunes and a review. It really does help. Thanks for listening.